Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of welcomeheart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Hi, today I'm so happy to introduce you to my old friend. Actually, she was one of mom's, my mom's best friends. We always heard about the Thomasons. Uh, they started coming to our church when I was in high school. Nancy just reminded me, Nancy's now a widow. How long were you married to Stu? 50 years. We had our 50th anniversary and then he passed away two years after that. Oh, well, I'm glad you made it to 50. I remember when mom had her 70th and she goes, so what are we going to do for your for our 75th? And well, praise the Lord, they went to glory in their 74th year. So we didn't have to plan another party, but I'm sure they partied in heaven. So Nancy Thomason is a godly, wonderful woman, and she has such a beautiful smile. And I just thought, wow, everybody needs to hear what, and can I tell them your age, Nancy, is that okay? Because I'm 69. Uh, but she's uh, a little past 80, but she is still doing ministry. And, uh, you know, my pastor likes to say, we don't retire, we retread. And I don't even know what you're retreading in, but we're going to hear Nancy's story, 47 years working with Child Evangelism Fellowship. And I'm thinking, Nancy, that some people from my generation and younger have never even heard of Child Evangelism Fellowship, whereas I was raised with it because my mom did Good News Club. So, Let's go back and let you talk. Nancy, tell us a little about where you live, a little bit about your family, and then we're going to talk legacy. Okay. Thank you, Sue. This is such an exciting time for me to be able to hook up with you again. Um, I have uh, three children, uh, two girls and a boy. Both of the girls are teachers. And Mm -hmm. I live in Torrance. And the best thing about that is that we have a view of the beautiful valley and so I'm very well blessed that way. Oh, that's um, terrific. And um, I have been a public school teacher. And then I found out about this ministry. And I didn't mean to find out about it. I already had tons of things to do. I didn't have time for one more thing. Yes. But somebody said, you've just got to go to a training class and hear this lady. So that's how I got into child evangelism. Now, why did they ask you to come here, a training about Child Evangelism Fellowship? Well, I was at South Bay Baptist Church, and uh, another lady and I, Maybelle Weir, and I always gave the parties. So we were going to give this (laughs) mother-daughter party, and we needed a speaker. And so that's when they said, well, you've got to go and hear this woman. Well, her name was Mary Eason. I listened to her. She was such a godly woman. I mean, she spoke right from the heart of God. She Mm. was funny. She was clever. She was everything. She ended up not only being the speaker, but I stood up in front of all of those witnesses and said, I am going to teach a good news club. I don't know about you. When I went to Mary and told her that, I said, okay, I'll teach. And she said, oh, Nancy, I'm so glad. But you know, it's summertime and we don't have our training classes. And I thought, phew, I got out of that Could you uh, briefly describe uh, what is the mission for Child Evangelism Fellowship? Thank you. It started in 1937 with a pastor. Hmm. And all of a sudden he was walking home one day and thought, look at all these children who are not in church. Hmm. How are they going to ever hear the gospel? Hmm. And so he started talking to two children first and he led them to the Lord. Wow. And then he thought, well, I don't know if that took or not. 
He saw the parents of that girl, of the children, and they said, what happened to our children? They are totally different. Wow. So the whole purpose, I know I have goosebumps still. The whole purpose of child evangelism is in order to be able to reach those children who do not go to a church. Mm. And of course, we have a lot of workers within a church too. But the whole purpose is to be able to disciple those children, to bring them to the Lord. And we have done this in homes for centuries. Well, it's 84 years old, actually. And, um, and then in 2001, um, we started having a Supreme Court saying, yes, we can have good news clubs on a school property after school because other organizations were doing that. Wow. And that's a whole other long story. But we want to reach the unreached and disciple them and get them into Bible-believing churches. Mm-hmm. Wow, I have so many questions. I do recall when I was a missionary in, in Wic- um, Brazil, I was with Wycliffe Bible Translation and teaching at the high school. It was not a Christian school, and I was discipling students, and I was told I could not do it on campus. So we walked across the street and sat in a park and did the same thing because they said, well, do you want Muslim people teaching the students on campus. And I said, well, I'm not going to argue. I'll just walk across the street. So that was Brazil. It's not America, but I'm still shocked that there's, they allowed you in 2000. Uh, well, I want you maybe to get into that story later if we have time. So what a fabulous mission started, uh, mission statement started by one pastor reaching two kids and then recognizing that God did the transforming work. He just said the gospel so you got involved by doing a Good News Club. Now, maybe people have heard of Good News Clubs. My mom hosted a few times. Uh, and I know my best friend at that time, Annie Randlett, came to know the Lord on her seventh birthday at that with um, Mary Dayton. No, I can't remember who the teacher was, but it doesn't matter. So you got involved because you love children or because you love Jesus or because you felt coerced by the Holy Spirit. How did you get involved? Oh, that's Besides- good. All three is good. (laughs) So what did you do first? I love children. Absolutely. Always have, always will. That's why I was a public school teacher. And then, um, well, it was Mary. She didn't let go of me. And so after I said, oh, I'll teach a good news club, you know, like I know what I was doing. (laughs) And she got a hold of me and God got a hold of me through her. Hmm. And I really, I was in 23 different, (laughs) different groups and things and titles and stuff, especially since I had three small children. And uh, God just reached my heart because Hmm. I was reaching children and I was teaching them in my neighborhood at the beginning. And I thought, you know, when my children go to junior high, I'm not worried about their friends. Their friends have become Christians. Wow. And they're surrounded by Christian people. Mm. And so that alone made me just thrilled. Okay. And how did you get to start working in the projects in downtown LA? Because that's mm. a fascinating story. Well, it, the the most is when this same Mary <laughs> said, you know, they need a director in the Whittier area. And I said, you've got to be kidding. I don't even know where Whittier is. Sue, you know very well where Whittier is. Yep, I live there. And I had never uh, taught an evening class or a morning class. I had never taught teachers. I had never done anything. And boy, when God tells you to go, and I think this is one of the main things I want to tell people. Somebody once said, oh, Nancy does all these things and she's not fearful. Oh, untrue. 
Hmm. I grew. As a human, I could be very fearful of doing things. So I went to Whittier. Wait, finish that sentence. When God tells you to go. He's got you in his hand. Hmm. And you work through the fear because you do what he wants you to do. Mm-hmm. And it isn't that I'm fearless. I went to Kazakhstan two times as a mission direct, a leader of a, a mission group. I, don't you think I was afraid? I, you know, where's Kazakhstan? What am right. I doing? But if you don't come to the edge of the cliff and jump off, you'll never know how his hands can hold you. Mm-hmm. And they do. And, but you've got to jump. And he says to jump. So anyway, sorry, this is a longer one than you wanted. No, I want to hear it. From Whittier, uh, that was three and a half years. And I got a a new committee and new people working. We had a children's rally of over 842 children were there at the rally at Biola. And then um, I came to Los Angeles, to South Bay for just one and a half years. And the lady from Los Angeles stop being a director. And LA has always been in my heart, always. And so when they asked me if I would take over, that I joyfully did. Hmm. The prayer was that God would let me teach in every single housing project. Hmm. And he let me do that. So what was, just describe the first day that you went down there. (laughs) Well. Downtown LA in what year approximately? Okay, we're talking Watts area, South Watts. Central, mm-hmm. where all the, the riots started. One started while I was still teaching down there, not at the same simultaneous time, but anyway, there. Okay, so uh, my thought was that I'll go and and Jordan Downs was my first housing project. It's very large, and it's separated by electric wire and dirt in between. But there's a left hand side and a right hand side. There's a south and a north. So I went first to the south, to the north side and said, do you know anybody who goes to a church? Well, they did. And so they let me know where Lucy lived. And Lucy was Catholic. Most of them were Hispanic over there. They were Catholic. So I started my first good news club outside of Lucy's house. So is and- that the typical way that you would always, like you would just walk <laughs> in as a completely complete stranger and say, do you know anyone, like say kids are outside kicking a ball and said, do you know anybody who goes to church? Is that what you would do? Because that's amazing. <laughs> Sue, I, all I can tell you is that we always laughed about it. And the angels always surrounded me. And one said, I had her last year. You take, you take her, her this year. <laughs> and, and I was in, uh, no, I don't think that's the usual way. I just thought, well, Mary would have done it that way probably. So then I went to the other side. And if you have time, I'll tell you a, a quick story about driving my son's car and into this project. And it's at Grape Street. And there's a Grape Street gang, by the way. Hmm. But I didn't know that. I didn't care. And so I parked the car right there because I was going to ask people if they knew somebody on this side uh, if they'd gone to church. Well, <laughs> about four or five young men came out and said, oh, lady, we'll buy your car. It was a old, old Chevy Malibu. And it said, we'll give you $1,000. So later, my husband said, you know, you really should have given them, let them take this money. And so they said, okay, lady, we want you to start the car. No, no. I said, you don't want me to start the car. Yeah, yeah, lady, start the car. 
no, you don't want me to start the car. So finally they said, yes. And I said, you're not going to steal it, right? Of course not, lady. I have no doubt that they were part of the Grape Street gang. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they were very sweet. So I reached into the ashtray, took out the screwdriver and started the car. Wow. So... So you don't have key, you didn't have keys for that car. You only had a screwdriver. No, no, no. Did I mention it was a very old Malibu? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I did drive on, and no one knew anybody who went to any church. Oh. So there was a a building, a, a end of the building of, of the apartments, and oh gosh, it was kind of a mess. It was grass and dirt and glass and cigarette butts. And I thought, okay, we'll start our club here. And we did. And so did you just uh, bribe children to come? I remember. Yes. Mom. Absolutely. I am never above bribery. So what so did I you did. say? You just said to the For children, would you like to come here about Jesus or what? Nancy, your voice just went out. There we go. Difficulties here. That's okay. Um, for every friend you bring, give you a treat. So right. if you bring oh. 15 treats. I see. And let, let me repeat that because your voice cut out. You said for every friend you bring, you get a treat. So if they brought 15 friends, they have 15 treats. That's oh, right. I love it. Okay. That's I'm right. sure God honored that. So you would just, uh, did you always carry like a flannel graph board in, in the back seat oh, of your yeah. car? And what stories did you start with? Did you start with Adam and Eve or Jesus, uh, woman at the well? What what stories? Oh, how, how good of you to think I remember it all. But um, <laughs> I usually started with a wordless book um, mm. visualized. And the wordless book goes through all the colors mm. and what they mean. And it really is the gospel in colors. Oh. And I, I remember one time I was doing a club at, Hollywood Presbyterian Church, they had a daycare center. And I heard afterwards, one of the boys, they had popsicles afterwards. And they said, I have the color of the blood of Jesus. And oh, somebody okay. else, I have the color of heaven. So that just tickled me that those colors stay with those children. Mm. You know, I did the same thing we do. Um, for 14 years, we did birthday parties for Jesus for, oh, with, with my kids. And they would invite their friends. And we would have a craft. Even though I'm craft impaired, I had friends who helped me. And one year we did a wordless book bracelet. Oh, and good. I don't remember, but that was our story because, of course, that's the gospel, which is what Christmas and Easter is all about. Yes. In, think, in thinking about legacy, what legacy do you want uh, to be to pass down to those who know and love you? Um, you were speaking about age beforehand. I tell everybody that my soul is still young. It's like 39. Yeah. I don't want to ever be known as a woman who lived a long time. I want to be known as a woman through whom God has done great things. Mm. And, you know, Corinthians talks about we're just like a worm and he can use the least of us to do such incredible things. Mm. So that's my legacy. Mm. That's so wonderful. And what changes did you have to make or obstacles to overcome to make sure that that, that happened? I'm sorry, would you repeat that? What changes did you have to make? Like some people have to go through, they think of a legacy and they, they want this is to be true about them, but they have to change to make sure that's true about them. Or they have an obstacle 
uh, that they have to overcome to make sure that that happens? Did you have any obstacles you had to overcome? You're kidding. (laughs) You don't have this adventure with the Lord without obstacles because that's when he shows how strong he is and how good he is. I'll tell you one obstacle. After Los Angeles, um, I had to go back to teaching because my husband said, I think we need a little bit more money in the house for our daughter going to school. And then I went to the San Fernando Valley and was director there for five years. And uh, I was kicking and screaming on that because the 405 freeway is deadly. The mm-hmm. heat is deadly. But in 2001, the Supreme Court um, allowed uh, a good news club to be able to be held at the school itself. And so I just went dancing merrily down to LA and said, oh, we want to start good news clubs. And I had a wonderful principal who had already said, I'm interested. And she um, sent out invitations and 75 children were, parents had returned it for the 75 children to belong to a good news club. Wow. And then to make it shorter, um, LA said, oh no. And I said, wait a minute. it's it's a given. The Supreme Court has it. And they said, I don't care what the Supreme Court said. You're never having that in Los Angeles City Schools. Mm-hmm. So um, with prayer and talking to my committee, um, we had to sue the Los Angeles City School District. And that was the scariest of all. I'll go to Kazakhstan anytime. But that was scary being in of front of the, the Board of Education. And we had an incredible attorney named Matt Staver. And he's from Liberty Council. If anybody ever needs anything like this, Matt is the one. He's going to be arguing in front of the Supreme Court shortly. And so he took our case and um, it went on quite a while. I told him not to worry about me because I watch Law and Order all the time. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't laugh. (laughs) I'm sure he didn't. Just like my husband, you know, my husband's a doctor and his patients will say, well, did you read about how I can get healed through the Reader's Digest? (laughs) and mark will just smile and nod your head and open your mouth pay attention to me go ahead so that was a huge obstacle and again you know i was sort of all by myself it was the lord and i sitting there shaking and after i sat down the first time i spoke i looked up and you were only supposed to speak for two minutes or something and i said to the man in front of me i said i spoke more than that he said that's all right you were charming well i wasn't charming the second time because they were paying one bit of attention to me however today if you want to have any activity after school they'll say ymca they'll say soccer club and they'll say good news club really that is so exciting to me so exciting wow now how would you say that your life has embodied the welcoming heart of god um Both my husband and I just always have loved people. Mm -hmm. And we've given tons of parties that I look back and think, how could I have done that? But I did have one son who would say to me, Mom, there's only eight hours before the company comes. Mom, there's six and a half hours before the company comes. Mom, four hours, the company's going to be here. So you're stressed anyway, having company, but having a little TikTok by you was kind of a killer. Um, so we've also taken people in for whom we felt very sorry. 
And uh, my daughter once came home and said, um, is it okay if I bring my friend and her friend over? And I said, oh, sure. And they said, well, they're in the kitchen. <laughs> well, David was wore all black, black hair, white face, uh, powdered white face, oh. supposedly a Christian. Mm-hmm. And David lived with us until one day I was teaching at the time. So I came home at lunch hour and caught him and another boy and two girls in the room. Mm. So David had to leave. His mother came and his father was a policeman, by the way. His mother came and pleaded with me to keep him. And I said, sorry, cannot do that. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, uh, as I had said privately to you, almost everybody we've kept for a long time was a disaster hmm. and one boy was a uh, man was so uh, such a good good news club teacher in downtown LA and he's so charismatic and so caring and so he was without a home and we had him come here and stay and all of a sudden money was disappearing well it hmm. couldn't be Robert of course and then my car uh, Stu's car keys were gone and well, that couldn't be Robert. All of a sudden, I went into his room, which was a little room in the garage, looked under his mattress, and that was God, because how do I know where to look? And there was everything the money, keys, and so forth. So I just want to caution people as mm-hmm. you're compassionate and you're loving, and God loves those people, but also use his wisdom. Mm, totally. Yeah. Yeah, we talked a little bit about having uh, boundaries. Um, people have asked me, well, do you invite everybody? I go, no, I try to listen to the Holy Spirit. Uh, for one thing, I was, I'm married to a very introverted guy and he can't handle it. I mean, one year we did a chocolate open house and I at Christmas and we had 50 people come. And so then the next year I go, okay, it's Christmas. It's time for another chocolate open house. And he said, please don't ever do that again because he was so stressed at work. Work was very hard at the time. And he goes, would you do a daytime thing with women? And it was uh, then I realized I, to honor him, and there is a boundary there, I switched to having my whole neighborhood, the women, for brunch at Christmas. And that has been a tradition that um, I've been able to carry on for many years, not every year. Again, even this year, Nancy, I mean, this is not as a big a deal as, as you, what you did, bringing in people to spend the night. But we were very, very um, swamped this year, right before... Christmas and also with COVID, it was just, I just asked Mark, I said, do you think I should have the neighborhood women's brunch? And, um, and he said, no. And I just felt a release because, you know, we do things sometimes too much and God says, you need a break, you need a sabbatical. And I think we need to give ourselves permission to, you know, not to have the whole world. And also, um, and, and I think that you don't have to uh, feel guilty for bringing those people in that you did. And you say it was a disaster because who knows, you know, we're, we are seed planters. We do not, you know, that we don't uh, bring in the harvest. God does. And yeah. I'm sure this, you and Stu planted so many beautiful seeds. Well, you have been a delight. I knew you would be Nancy. And Thank if anybody you. wants to know about how to get involved with child evangelism fellowship, uh, what should they do? They should look in their phone books under Child Evangelism Fellowship. Okay. Um, if uh, no, that should cover everything. But okay. there is a Southern California office that's in Northridge, and uh, any every state has a state office. 
So I would beg you to reach those unreached children. Right. And if you don't feel qualified to do the teaching, my mom was a host. She, I mean, she could have done the teaching, but she was a host, which means she provided the house. And then we kids invited our friends and she made a treat. But a teacher from Child Adventures and Fellowship came in and did the teaching. So um, if you were thinking, well, I'd love to help help children come to know Jesus, but I'm not sure what step to take. Well, you would just call them and then say, could I use my home? And um, that would be a wonderful way to get started. So think of all the people you're going to meet in heaven that you were part and partial of introducing them to the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Nancy. It's been a delight. Thank you so much. God bless you and your ministry. Thank you, dear. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.